0: Hey, it's David and you're listening to the Tobey's Classical Guitar podcast. Really happy To have Bill Kanigeiser for this episode. I'm sure many of you know who he is a founding member of the Los Angeles Guitar Quartet, a renowned teacher at USC Thornton School of Music, a soloist, and he also recorded the classical guitar tracks uh, from the movie Crossroads. If you haven't seen this, it's a must watch for any guitarist, one of my favorites. So, this episode is going to be a little bit different uh, from the previous ones. The interview may sound a bit uh, more radio style. When I recorded this conversation a couple weeks ago, Bill had just gotten back from giving the U.S. premieres of a work he commissioned uh, for Sergio Assad to write for him titled The Walls. It's a concerto for guitar solo and guitar orchestra and five movements. So I'll let Bill explain everything. Um, but we're going to take a lesson to little snippets from each movement and hear about his approach to it. The recordings are taken from a live performance, which was at the Florida Guitar Festival, and the orchestra was formed the day before uh, the concert, and they did a really fantastic job. They hadn't met each other until then, so kudos to everybody out there. Before we get into the walls... I thought we would listen to another recording of Dushan Bogdanovich. I know we've listened to his works quite a few times over the past couple episodes, but I was really excited when I heard this piece earlier this week. Um, It's a concerto titled Kaleidoscope. This is the third movement, Allegro Ritmico, and it's Bill, of course, playing the guitar solo and uh, Donald Crockett. Conducting the Thornton Edge Ensemble, which is the contemporary uh, orchestra at USC. It, I'm not going to lie, it is more of a contemporary piece, uh, almost getting to some atonality, but it has some really unique textures and some very passionate rhythms and just stunning dynamics. <laughs> Now, you just um, came back from a set of concerts out on the East Coast, premiering this really new, exciting work of Sergio
1: Assad for guitar solo and guitar orchestra. The Walls. The Walls. The Walls. Yeah. It was a, such a thrill. So th- th- it was a long time coming. Um, it started over two years ago when I, I had a chat with Sergio and his wife when they were visiting in town. And... We were talking about the role of the artist in the current international political environment and what we can do as artists to express our feelings um, in a positive way. And I said, Sergio, why don't you write me a piece? <laughs> that would be a good thing, and I'll play it. And he decided to, uh, to accept. And my good friend, Cami Rowan, who teaches in Greensboro, North Carolina, I told her, and she said, hey, why don't you have him write it for guitar orchestra and solo guitar because I had done some uh, some pieces by Shingo Fuji uh, my other friend from Japan and Sergio said that's a great idea and then it's it took on this this whole life and it was actually Sergio's wife Angela who, suge- who thought of this idea of uh, having four movements that portray historical barriers that have been erected uh, to keep people apart from each other Uh, Mm. and then with this epilogue and this piece is part of a larger commissioning project that I put together uh, with Augustine's help that I call the Diaspora Project which has has basically is uh, looking at musical ways to express the immigrant, refugee, migrant experience. So the walls Sergio used as springboards these four historic walls and is making a political statement i guess but it's also musically just really fun and just in briefly the first wall is the chinese wall the great wall of china the second one is hadrian's wall which is the wall that emperor hadrian uh erected in northern england to in a vain attempt to keep the scots out (laughs) and the third one is the berlin wall and the fourth one is the only wall that still exists, which is the West Bank Wall in Jerusalem. And the epilogue is called No More Walls. And it's a very interesting piece. We can talk about the logistics of it. But it was such a thrill for me to do the U.S. premiere of the piece uh, with Cami Rowan conducting in Greensboro. And just a couple of days later, I was down at the Florida Guitar Festival in Tallahassee and did it with a different group down there. And it was a lot of fun sounds like a very rewarding project altogether for everyone involved it was and 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 moving emotionally moving yeah. you know actually in 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 one of the first rehearsals in greensboro one of the orchestra members was this lovely gentleman who's uh he's a engineer for uh honda aircraft in greensboro and you know he's worked for them for 30 years i think um but he came up after the rehearsal and he said, you know, I was born in Nogales, Mexico, on the other side of the wall. And I have I have friends still on the other on both sides of the wall. And I grew up, you know, you know, looking at that wall. And and he said, I in the first rehearsal, I, I was I was crying, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so it, it addresses some issues, you know. And the thing is it there's no easy answers for these issues either. You know, I mean. It's a little touchy for some people, you know I'm Jewish, so therefore you know i'm of course in support of Israel, I have extremely mixed feelings about the West Bank wall, <laughs> yeah. you know um it's a complex equation it is, and you know uh however in in music, you can present something and not not take a side in a way and yeah. and I think what Sergio has done musically with all of these is is to beautifully um show the musical the the richness of of these areas and like on both sides of 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 these walls um and when you don't use words to make things totally clear when music is just vague enough we get the emotion of it and and it i think it's not going to elicit like that strong of of a negative response from people who might be you know
0: Because that's probably the last
1: thing Sergio
0: wants, or or for anybody. But it's, um, I guess in a way it allows this openness for interpretation. Right. And uh, it's beautiful that, and, you know, not to get into politics and everything, especially since it's a very sensitive uh, uh, thing in this day. Oh, it is. it's, It's really, the thing that makes me, one of the things that makes me most angry or sad about everything that's been happening the past couple of years, is just kind of the hostility and anger right. behind people. Right. And people who think this will never talk to people right. who think that anymore. And maybe it's because I'm a bit older now and I'm kind of a bit more aware of what's happening politically. Right. But I don't remember things being this polarizing. No. And um, it, it's, uh, it's really unfortunate. And, you know, as I say, I, I don't want to get into any politics, but it, it's so... Beautiful to see a work of art that's uh, kind of presenting some of these uh, political problems that right. have been happening um, to be uh, composed and performed in a way uh, where almost anyone could still enjoy it. And, right, and
1: and because music is, you know, they call it the, the universal language. It you is, know, yeah. That that it because people are so identified now with whatever their belief system is that the and, and only get their information from their chosen sources that, um, to accept someone else's viewpoint is like, it's almost like an existential crisis for them <laughs> and myself included. I th- I think I have to, you know, I'm, I'm a victim of it as well. Um, but with music, we can all sit in the same room together. We can all have the same experience and, and we can, we, we can take the time to listen to each other a little bit. So yeah. hopefully, you know, not to get too, uh, you know, too idealistic about it, but um, at least it, it gets people to, to open their minds a little bit. Yeah, because uh,
0: regardless of what's happening, we can't move forward with anything if we're just going to scream at each other, if we have a different opinion. That's right. Anyway, let's go ahead and uh, take a s- listen to a snippet from the first movement. This is The Chinese Wall. <laughs> things I think you're really, really great at is um, evoking the sound of different instruments. And we could yeah. definitely hear that uh, with a Chinese influence. How, how'd you go about that approach?
1: Well, you know, Sergio really, uh, he, first of all, Sergio really does his homework whenever he focuses on some new inspiration or new style. He spent a long time listening to Chinese instruments and, and traditional Chinese music. Um, and he really wanted me to try to, uh, to imitate the sound of the pipa, the sound of the erhu, um, and he didn't give me any specific directions like, okay, you know, exactly do this, but, um, you know, oh, he did say, well, use a wide vibrato here, bend a certain way. Um, but when I actually met with him, uh, and we got to work on it together, then it was, it was really easy, you know, and, uh, but one of the things I'm doing uh, to to imitate the sound of the pipa, which is the the Chinese lute, essentially, is is uh, that
0: the one string instrument? No, or, no, or... it's
1: no, it's got. I don't know exactly how many strings the pipa has, uh, uh, but it looks very much like a like a Renaissance lute. Oh, it's okay. pear shaped. Um, big, huge wooden tuners. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) And it's played with a pluck drum, right? They actually play it with the back of their fingernails. It's, it's, they, they mostly play, it's, it's, they pluck with what we would do rasqueados with. And so they're especially their tremolo effect, Uh, Sergio wrote just, oh, tremolo on this note. And at first I thought, okay, I have to do like a little recuerdos kind of thing. And it just sounded terrible. But then when I thought okay I'm going to do this sort of continuous rasgueado on one string and vary the speed of it vary the intensity of it and bend it a lot then it kind of started capturing that that pipa sound yeah that's so interesting yeah I, I I totally remember the instrument now it just took a
0: yeah what what's the name it's driving me crazy what's the name of the instrument where it's it's kind of the, the single the, the, it's, it's the like violin, a, right like, that's the
1: air hoop the air. and that's sort of what the, um he's having me in, imitate with the real the the slow bends uh, bending notes um, and then especially the, the, this little feathery tremolo uh, I'm doing like this very feathery like almost plectrum like tremolo hmm. um, yeah that that sort of captures that sound I think
0: it's really interesting hearing you talk about uh, sergio really immersing himself in this music because, um you know i'm not crazy familiar with his works i love what i've heard yeah. uh, i haven't studied many of them um but from my knowledge this piece is totally different from his other repertoire that he typically writes or am i just in a very close no, box for the pieces? No, i, I would say to? you know
1: he's written a lot i mean he's first of all he, he's become really really active with with composition in the last few years like he's it's like this this torrent of amazing music coming out of him he's writing a lot um but you know the pieces that we know the best you know aquarelle and and uh, the sonata and uh you know you know his Jobimiana and things like that um a lot of them have uh influences that might be brazilian might be uh he's written you know different ethnic things, but a lot of his pieces are non-specific music, you know, (laughs) like not, not specifically tied to to a, a, a genre or a particular place. Sergio has written quite a few pieces that have, have, you know, world music or other kind of influences. Like the, he wrote a piece called three Greek letters, uh, based on, on ancient Greek music. Um, he's, you know, obviously tons of Brazilian inspired things. Um, But I don't think he's ever written anything quite so obviously like like uh, evocative of of these distinct uh, exotic cult musical cultures. I think he's pulled it off beautifully. Yeah, it's you you walk a fine line between, uh, you know, parody and paying homage to it, you know. And and I think there's moments where it's like, oh, that sounds like. You know, Scottish music or or Chinese music, but it also sounds like Sergio. Yeah, like so. So he's able to. You can still hear his voice. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's go ahead and uh, now listen to the second movement. Yeah, this one. This one's called Hadrian's Wall. Okay. And so what he tried to do here was to evoke the um, the Roman essence of of you know, you know, Emperor Hadrian um, with this. You know, essentially, it's kind of like a Ben Hur soundtrack kind of kind of sound, but then clearly is evoking the the Scottish element uh, with a, a little lick that he wrote for me that is just about the best bagpipe imitation. You know, and it's it's so fun to play. It's just the way he wrote it. It it really captures the. Um, I feel like I'm wearing a kilt when I'm when I'm playing. It. Let's say that. Did put a kilt on uh, just for this movement? Bloody. You don't know what's under the sparring. um what was very interesting to me was when we did the premiere in North Carolina uh Cammy Rowan had four professors from her school Guilford College talk briefly about these four walls and uh the professor who talked about Hadrian's wall made made this wonderful point I I thought which was the Romans erected this huge this huge barrier you know it took you know millions of hours of manpower and and you know effort and stones and everything and it was a complete failure it didn't work at all and Hmm. in fact 25 years after the wall was completed it was it was so obsolete that it became a tourist attraction (laughs) (laughs) and so it spurred actually this little mini uh uh this little mini uh enterprise where you know People, people from Scotland would come to see the wall and then they would sell trinkets and they would sell, sell food, you know, and, and then the stones that they used, that the Romans used to build the wall were then used by the Scots to help, you know, build their, their little houses and stuff, you know, so it, it just showed like that, you know, what seemed like an absolutely urgent need for this wall in a very short amount of time, uh, it, it, it totally didn't serve its purpose. And it actually like helped the, <laughs> it helped the people that the Romans were trying to keep away. It was very interesting. It was recycled. It was recycled. I've absolutely. never thought of a wall being recycled. Yeah, yeah there you go. I actually, I saw it. I I, I was lucky. I was uh, up in the Yorkshire Dales a couple years ago, uh, on a little holiday, and and we went up to see the the ruins of the Hadrian's Wall. There's really not that much left of it because you know, people use the stones, but there's been a lot of excavation. Uh, and all these really cool, uh, uh, you know, thing, relics that were found, you know, like like leather leather Roman uh, soldiers thong, you know, like uh, sandals and stuff like that. And, you know, it's fantastic. Oh, that's Very evocative.
0: Yeah. That's so cool about the stones being yeah. recycled. You know, because I know with things. I didn't know like, you were a fan of the stones. Well, I was more of a Beatles guy.
1: Oh, there you go. Okay. But actually, yeah. Uh, since we're talking about the wall, I have to say my favorite, Pink Floyd. Is Pink Floyd. You know, it's the funny thing is when when Sergio was first writing this piece, um, the well, we this is a great transition to the next movement, which Perfect. is Berlin Wall. So Berlin Wall, um, the third movement, obviously the 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 most you know the sec, second most modern wall you know constructed during the uh, the Cold War you know to keep the West Berliners, you know, uh, the East Berliners to, you know, coming into West Berlin. Um, and Sergio at one point w- thought that Pink Floyd's The Wall was somehow inspired by Berlin Wall. And so he was actually thinking of, of using some of that music in this piece. And then he researched it and he, and he found that, no, they, they weren't referring to that wall. They were just referring to, I don't know, you probably know better.
0: It was more of a psychological concept of becoming
1: totally isolated
0: um, mentally and kind of falling apart. But with that being said, when the Berlin Wall did come down, Pink Floyd did perform it there. They uh, did. Which, uh, Well, actually, it, it gets a bit complicated because... That was when Pink Floyd kind of disbanded, so it was just Roger Waters, but, okay. he, but did, he, he did the he, wall. He he was the main. So there was guy a, for there that, was so. a connection. Yeah.
1: Um, well, so what what Sergio ended up doing, which which actually I think is pretty cool, is he combined two things that he really identified with with the wall and with Germany, and one was the rise of twelve tone composition, which was you know bef- before the the war. Um, You know, Schoenberg, Berg, Webern. Um, So the piece begins with a a little 12 tone row that's manipulated in this little solo that I have. And near the end of the movement, what emerges out of that 12 tone, sort of troubled uh, atonality is Beethoven's Ode to Joy. And he sometimes somehow finds a way to combine this you know very tonal very you know uh rejoicing melody with this 12 tone row and ode to joy is especially important to the berlin wall because after it fell leonard bernstein conducted the berlin philharmonic you know in the, beethoven's ninth symphony the choral symphony right there and wow and changed the words from ode ode to joy to ode to freedom Ooh. and um and so and that has now become the the uh, national anthem of the European Union. You know, which is you know, I had kind no of idea that Bernstein Stein conducted that. Over oh yeah, there. oh yeah. that must have been so powerful. Yeah, it and was, I'm sure it was with the full. Um, oh yeah, choir. it was broadcast all over the world. You know, yeah. I, mem- I remember. i I have to take yeah. a look at that. Yeah, so so it was very clever how how Sergio combined the two, and uh, and
0: they they seem to transition into each other really. Um, smoothly and flawlessly yeah. Yeah. in a way you know because when if you when you're hearing us talk about this you're gonna think oh god there's a 12 tone a eight, a tonal type sound and then all of a sudden oh to joy but no you kind of blend some together and when the yeah. the theme the Beethoven theme first comes in it, it's very subtle
1: yeah
0: it's very subtle but it's in there and it, I, yeah. I, I think it's brilliant mm-hmm. the West Bank
1: wall the fourth movement well you know the West Bank wall itself is the only one of the four that still exists you know the other three have have outlived their usefulness and so it as we discussed before you know it's it's a it's a fraught with controversy you know um, people on both sides of this this wall have suffered um, and um, and the way Sergio deals with it musically is, I think, really interesting. He begins with this um, in- incredibly uh, evocative Arabic theme. You know, Sergio's family is originally from Lebanon, um, and, uh, and so he really understands how to get that, that, you know, fantastic, you know, bendy note kind of, kind of sound and, and sort of asks me to, to imitate an oud, you know the the Arabic lute um, with lots of quick quick little uh, ornaments and and bending notes and i'm and I'm deliberately playing with a kind of very bright, you know, almost plectrum like kind of sound. Um, but what he does also is he insinuates little Jewish melodies uh, against it as as the piece develops. and so there's this there's this counter melody that's kind of hidden that to me it reminds me very much like, one of the tunes from uh, Fiddler on the Roof, you know, if I were a rich man, doy 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 doy, and and I tell you, that's a nice melody he wrote there. That's a nice one. No, um, that's one but, of my favorite favorite <laughs> songs. And I
0: mean, I know it was a play originally, but one of my favorite scenes of movies of all time. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but uh, and and the piece ends with a, a very up tempo, very uh, sort of raucous uh, horror. Which is you know a, a sort of a klezmer dance, um, and I'm I'm doing my best. I'm trying to imitate uh, a klezmer clarinet player, but I can't really quite do the, the Benny Goodman uh, you know bend thing on it. But it, but it's it's really fun, and and um, it's it's challenging for the for the orchestra because they you know some of them are only playing upbeats. One two. Three. Uh, 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 uh. You know, it takes it takes a certain amount of, uh, shall I say, chutzpah, to do it. So, so the, the final movement is called "No More Walls," which is uh, sort of like a, 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 a wish, I guess, that, that Sergio has—that maybe we don't need walls. Um, uh, but it's also, a, you know, a thinly veiled um, commentary because it's uh, based on Mexican folk music. Um, there's there's a performance aspect to it that is not suited for radio, <laughs> in and in that at one point in in the piece members of the orchestra stand up and form a human wall in front of me uh, separating me you know this soloist from the audience and you know the then I do sort of a decrescendo to sort of kind of show that my creative spirit is being stifled or smothered by the wall and music Ends up breaking the wall down, and, and the the end of the of the piece, which we'll hear just a little bit of, just the end of the piece, is a, a very rejoicing, kind of hopeful, and uh, you know, uh, full of life, kind of six eight three four Mexican folk tune, mm. and uh, you know, um, and it really, uh, you know, everyone ends up with a smile on their face for sure by the end of the piece. It gives us hope.
0: Thank you, Bill, for being on the show. Please join me in two weeks for a conversation with David Tannenbaum. I'll leave things today with a recording of the Los Angeles Guitar Quartet. I just realized I've featured uh, half of LAGQ, and we still haven't listened uh, to any of their samples. So this is one of my favorites that they do. It's the beloved Danza Ritual del Fuego by Manuel Falla. I'm David Steinhardt. We'll see you next time for the Tone Bass Classical Guitar Podcast.